0: I want to give you this morning just a taste. I don't, I don't expect this to last a long time today. We'll do what the Lord has us and wants for us to do. I had some really wonderful time with him over the last, especially yesterday, but a lot over the last several weeks, just asking him about this coming year. And you know how we do around here. We kind of get something from the Lord right at the beginning of the year. And we let that uh, set the course for us for the whole year. And we did that in 2022. Do you remember the word he gave us? How you doing church? Better than ever. He said he was going to go to work in us all last year, perfecting, establishing, strengthening and settling us. And I believe we saw some of that. I believe we experienced some of that. And I say some of that because he's not done. He is carrying that same work over into this year for the rest of our lives. If you go back even further than that, the word of the Lord came to us about 2021 and said it would be the beginning of life more abundantly. Just like we were singing about a moment ago, living life out of that overflow, the abundant kind of life. And that is the life Jesus came to give to us. And I've heard people say before and and sad to say this, that they've said it in opposition to some of the things you and I believe, some of the ways you and I see God and his word especially when it comes to our healing or it comes to our provision and, and believing it, that it is the will of God that we be well and strong, believing it is the will of God for us to prosper. Not one amen. It's all right, you can shout. And there are people that hear that and say, no, no, you're, you're, you're too focused on material things or physical things. And I heard a man say this one time. He said, you know, Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. And I'm listening to that. And you know, and it sounds so good, doesn't it? Jesus is enough. I'm just listening to it, and I hear the Spirit of God speak up on, on the inside of me and said, No, he's not. And I thought, well, that doesn't sound right. But as soon as I heard that, I remembered the words of Jesus Himself in John chapter 10, verse 10, where he said, I came that they'd have life and have just enough of it. No. What did he say? I came that they'd have life and have it how? More abundantly. Jesus is not enough. Jesus is more than enough. Jesus is more than enough to meet every need you've got, spirit, soul, and body. He's not just enough church. He's what? More than enough. And that was that word of the Lord that came to us two years ago now, that that was the beginning of the life we were about to live. And I believe with each word we get like that at the beginning of a year, I believe it carries over and it increases and it builds one upon the other. And in that same way, I believe the Lord's got something for us this year. I believe you could hear something today from him that would set your expectation for the next 365 days. Would you be willing to hear something like that? Well, I want to give you just a taste. I'm going to say a taste, just a taste today of what I believe is yet for us to come, excuse me, yet to come for us in 2023. Number one is I've sought the Lord over the last few weeks and months concerning 2023. Sarah's already made mention of it already today, but these are the words I hear. These are the glory days. These are the glory days. Now, that's a a phrase or an expression that people often use. But have you ever noticed how often people use it to describe the past? Oh, those were the glory days. Oh, yeah. High school. Those were the glory. Oh, college, man. I tell you what, those were the glory days. You always hear people talking about the glory days, but they use the words, those were. It's always a reference to the past. Without realizing it, people always look back, thinking and believing that the best is behind them. Thinking and believing, it's oh, all downhill from here. You know, those were the glory days. My younger days. Oh, I was stronger then, right? I felt better then. I looked better then. Those were the glory days. But what I hear the Spirit of God saying to us and to this church about 2023 and beyond is not those were the glory days. What I hear is these are the glory days. That means our glory days are the days that we're in right now. They're the days that are right in front of us. And what you're going to have to do this year is make the commitment that you are not going to refer to your past as though those were better days than what's ahead of you. Can you do that with me this year, church, that you and I are not going to look back longingly on what's behind us. We are going to look forward in faith, believing that these days that we're in right now, these are the glory days. And this is what I got from the Lord about this early this morning. Our glory days are the days we're in right now and the days that are just ahead. Let's look for the manifestations of the glory of God every day this year. I'm going to do that. I'm making the commitment to wake up every day looking for manifestations of the glory of God. Moses said it like this to God. Show me your glory. Show it to me. But the thing is, you have to realize is that it, it must be sought after. There are many people who are staring eye to eye with full blown manifestations of the glory of God in their lives and not even recognizing it. It's passing them by. You have to have eyes that see it. And this is what we're asking for. Lord, give me eyes that see the manifestations of your glory in my life. And I believe the Lord is saying we're going to see his glory in healings and deliverances. We're going to see his glory in protection and provision. We're going to see his glory manifested in wisdom and in direction. And we will see his glory manifested in his grace and his favor on our lives. Say amen. If you believe that. So what do you do church in 2023? When you see some of these things, when the glory of the Lord is on full display in your life, I'll tell you what you do. You tell it, you tell somebody about it. If only your church Uh, gave opportunity. (laughs) Oh wait, we do. We have this Email, completely dedicated, legacychurch.family. You can write in what God is doing in your life and it's gonna come in. Sarah's gonna get it in her hands. She's gonna stand up here and read it. We're gonna give God glory for what he's done in your life, but check this out. That's not where it ends. Somebody on the other side of the room or watching on the other side of that camera is gonna hear about how good God's been to you. He's gonna hear about how he healed you and protected you and provided for you and directed you and gave you wisdom. And you know what's going to happen to them? They're going to get excited about it. They're going to say, wait a second. got the same God they got. And they're going to say, that same God will do the same thing in my life. What he does for you, when you tell it, it stirs faith in other people to believe, to receive the same thing in their lives. So we're looking every day this year for manifestations of the glory of God. And we're not saying those were. The glory days. What are we saying? These are the glory days. Thank you, Lord. Something else I've heard the Lord say about 2023. I've heard him say continually, the faithful will flourish. The faithful will flourish. The faithful will be fruitful and the faithful will be thankful. Listen to those again. Write them down if you want to. The faithful will flourish. The faithful will be fruitful, and the faithful will be thankful. The Bible says in Proverbs 28:20 20, that a faithful man will abound with blessings. Thank you, Lord. Now, as the Lord leads us in this year, we're going to talk more about faithfulness. What it is, what it means to be faithful how to grow in faithfulness, because what we already see and, and, the, the expectation that's being set just from this word is that we can flourish in this coming year, even when the world around us is not flourishing. We can be fruitful, even in a time of drought, even in a season that the world is experiencing famine. The Bible says that you and I can live such a blessed life that we never cease from yielding fruit. But what's the Lord saying to us? Who's going to flourish? Who's going to be fruitful? The faithful. And the last part of that, he said, the faithful will be thankful. And the impression I get as I meditate on that is that you and I are going to come face to face this year with temptations to be unfaithful. To unhook. To disconnect. To distance ourselves from what God has connected us to. Whether it's our family, our natural family, or our church family. We are going to face temptations this year. And it is the temptation to be unfaithful. But as the Lord deals with us and talks to us about it. And explains deeper what faithfulness is. And, and, and this is such a profound thing. When you start talking about faithfulness. You're talking about the very character and nature of God. And whatever you want to be found in you. You gotta, you gotta first find it in him. When you find out how faithful he is, the next thing you discover is that's the seed that's been planted inside you. And it will bear fruit. Faithfulness is one of the fruit of the spirit. And for those who choose to be faithful, even when being tempted to be unfaithful, those are the ones who will flourish. Those are the ones who will be fruitful. Those are the ones who will be so thankful What does it mean the faithful will be thankful? I can see it right now. I can see one year from today as you and I stand at the threshold of 2024. Looking back on 2023, I can see it and I can hear you saying, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful I didn't unhook. I'm so thankful I didn't disconnect. I'm so thankful that by His grace, I was faithful, Amen. faithful to God, faithful to his word, faithful to your spouse, faithful to your job, faithful to your family, faithful at your church. Amen. I will be so thankful yes. that I was faithful. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. But in 1 Corinthians 12, this is what I want us to spend just a few minutes talking about this morning. This is something else I hear the Lord say specifically about us, this church, where we are. And where we're going. Actually, I shouldn't say where we're going. I should say where we're growing. Because I believe I'm hearing it in my heart, church. It's grow time. Can you say that out loud with me? It's grow time. It is for us. I believe it's, it's time for us to grow. I wrote this down early this morning. I believe 2023 will be a year marked by great growth in our church family. We are going to hit a growth spurt. And if you've got kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We've got a couple of growth spurts going on in our house right now. I'll tell you, it's amazing. Shoes we bought weeks ago. Don't fit. Jeans we bought our son just not very long ago. He's walking around. The daddy, my jeans don't fit anymore. The problem is he's growing this way, but he ain't growing this way yet. So he's trying to keep him up. But I don't know where he got that problem. But we're about to hit a growth spurt, church. You know what a growth spurt is, right? It's where you grow a lot in a little bit of time. Now, growing is supposed to be taking place over a long period of time. But most of our growth, and this is the way it is, and it's the way it should be. Most of our growth occurs little bits at a time. And that's right. Healthy bodies grow. Healthy organizations grow, healthy churches grow, but they grow a little bit at a time. But like I've already said, even when you're watching your child, they grow a little bit at a time, but there comes time in their lives where they hit those spurts. And over a short amount of time, they grow a lot. And I got a sense in my heart that that 2023 is going to be a growth spurt for us. We're two years old, right? Two-year-olds hit growth spurts. It's a big difference between one that's just turned two and one that's about to, you know, one that's just turned three or four. There's a lot of growth that takes place in a little bit of time. I have a sense in my spirit that 2023 is going to be a season of growth. Now, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Some of the growth that we are going to experience is going to be very evident. Some of this growth is going to be beneath the skin, so to speak. I want you to look in 1 Corinthians 12 with me. I want to look at just a few verses today, but over the next several weeks, we're going to keep coming back here and digging deeper into these verses. There's so much here. Let's begin together in verse 12. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. Paul, writing by the Spirit of God to this church, said, For as the body is one and has, and I want you to read these next two words with me, many members. Every time we see that, I want you to make note of it today. Look at it again. For as the body is one and has what? Many members. But all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but what? Many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? Verse 18. But now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? Verse 20. This is the verse I wanted you to see. Verse 20. But now indeed there are, say it again, many members, yet one body. Look at it again. There are, there indeed, there are many members, yet one body. Many members, one body. Let's say it together. Many members, one body. This, of course, is a word to the entire body of Christ. It's written down in scriptures for all men for all time. But I believe it's a word for legacy church in 2023. I believe this verse right here, 1 Corinthians 12, 20, is a description of who we are and who we will be, who we are becoming in this year and beyond. We are what? We are Many members, yet one body. I want us to approach this in two phases, if you will. One of the things I want us to do this morning, on the first day of this year, first Sunday of this year, I want us to release faith together. I believe there are people in these communities right here around us, reaching all the way down into Colorado Springs, All the way up into Woodland Park and beyond, Divide, Florissant. I believe that there are people right here around us that God has called to be a part of this family. I believe that there are people beyond this immediate community. I believe there are people in other states across this country. I believe there are people watching us right now from places all around the world that God has called to be a part of this local family. Now, not everybody is all supposed to be in one church. As a matter of fact, there are a lot of great churches right here in this area. And there are people that are assigned to be there and assigned to be in this one, and assigned to be a part of that one. So we don't want anybody here that's supposed to be there, right? We want who God's called here. And this thought occurred to me this morning as I was praying over this. You ought to be in faith about this. You ought to be stirred up and and excited and up on your faith, calling in the people that are supposed to be here. Why? Because they might be your new best friend. Hey, single people. Hey, single people. You don't know who else is supposed to be here. Why should I be in faith about people who aren't here? Because your future might be in that. Come on, listen to me. You and I need to be in agreement and in faith about God drawing miraculously, supernaturally, by His grace, by His favor, by the leadership of His Spirit, people who are supposed to be here, Him opening the door and leading them into this place. Why? Because you've got something for them. I believe this is a church that's got something for people. I believe we've got a word that'll help people. I believe we've got an atmosphere of faith and love that people will step into. They'll come in depressed. They'll come in weighted down and heavy and heavy burdened by what's gone on in their lives. And one moment under that anointing, that burden will be lifted. That yoke will be destroyed. They'll be changed forever. And you know what they'll say? I'm home. I'm home. But you and I got to be in faith about that. It's not all all up to your pastors and even just the church staff to to be getting people in here. It's it's, it's upon all of us to be actively in faith. Lord, we believe we receive the people that you've called to be here because we've got something for them and they got something you need. There's somebody out there that's got a supply of the Spirit that's got a river of living water coming out of them that you and I are supposed to be drinking from, but we can't if they're not in their place. So can we do that even before we go any further? I want to do it right now. I want us to come into agreement with each other. We're going to pray January 1st, 2023. You and I are going to release faith right now that God will bring the people in because who are we? What are we in this year? We are many members. Many. Now that's not to say I'm not thankful for the ones that are here. I made a commitment before day one of this church. I was not going to preach to people who weren't here. And it is a temptation that pastors face. They, there, there could be, there could be 250, 300 people in the room and that pastor's fixated on those two empty seats right there. <laughs> Why weren't people here? I'm not doing that. I'm so thankful. I looked around this morning, as soon as I walked up on the stage, I'm just looking at all these faces, all these faithful faces. Thanking God for every one of you. Amen. Just so thankful for you. I do know, though, that the Lord has it in his heart that we are to be this many and some. Amen. Many members. Let's pray together. We're going to release faith right now. Father, in Jesus' name, this church family comes before you. First of all, in thanksgiving and in gratitude for the way you have increased us so far. Lord, this is a strong start. We're such a young church, but you've done so much to add people to us. And Lord, as I scan across this crowd, I'm so thankful. So many in here I see week after week after week. I am so thankful, so grateful for the supply of the spirit that they bring to this place. Lord, for our service team members that are down the halls and in other places in this building that are serving you and serving the families of this church, we bless them today. We're so thankful for them. Well, Lord, I have a word from you found right here in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 20, that this church is supposed to be many members. Lord, I believe there are people in these communities right around us that you've called to be a part of this family. I believe you put this church here for a reason. You could have put it anywhere, Lord, but you put it here for these people. So we ask you right now for your help. We ask you that you would do in them the same thing you did for so many of us in making a way for us to get here. Thank you, Lord, for opening doors supernaturally for people to find this place. And we invite them now In the spirit, Lord, we invite them to come. We say, come in Jesus' name. Colorado Springs people, we say, come in Jesus' name. This place is open to you. All of you here in Manitou and Green Mountain Falls that are looking for God and and looking for a savior and looking for hope and for healing, we invite you now to come in Jesus' name. Step into an atmosphere of faith and love. And let the Spirit of God minister to you, save you, heal you, change you, prosper you in the name of Jesus. All those in Woodland Park and beyond who are looking for a place to call home. Father, we ask you to lead them by your Spirit into this place. And Lord, we extend this invitation to people in other states, across this great country, people in places around the world. Lord, make a way, if their heart is hungry to be here, I'm asking you, Father, make a way, make provision, give them direction, give them wisdom to see when to come and and, and how to do it and, and provide for it, Lord. You did it for so many of these people in here. And I know you'll do it for them as well. We ask you for it. And we say in Jesus' name that this sanctuary is full and overflowing. Legacy Church, I call you full and overflowing. Glory to God. We are many members, one body in the name of Jesus. Are you in agreement with that? Okay. Well, listen, we're going to continue to do that. All this year, we're going to keep stirring up our faith. believing God that the people who are supposed to be here will be here. And I think it'd be good for you if you come in on a Sunday morning and and you sit down next to people, maybe you've got an empty chair or two next to you, just lay your hand on it and just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for bringing them to us. Now, you know this faith without works is what? So you have to put some action to your faith, church, which means if this is your home and you want people to be here, what do you have to do? Invite them. As the Lord leads you, invite people. Let Him talk to you about them. I got to tell you though, and if you've never pastored or been in a position like this, this may not make total sense to you, but I'll just kind of give you a window into this position that the Lord's put Sarah and I in. There would be a real temptation to see that verse there in 1 Corinthians 12, 20. As a matter of fact, put that back on the screen for us. 1 Corinthians 12, 20. He said, now indeed there are many members, yet one body. There'd be a real temptation, leave it there for a moment, as a pastor, as a leader, to get fixated on many members. There'd be a real temptation and a pressure to get so solely focused on those two words, many members. Lord, we receive many members. Thank you, Lord. Many members, many members, many members, many members. Many members, many many, many, many many, many, many members. Oh, thank you, thank you, Lord, thank you Lord, thank you, Lord. Many members, many members. many members, Many, many, many members. But that's not all he said. What did he say? We are to be many members yet one body. I don't know why this happened, when or how it happened, but in ministry, I'm sure it's this way in other fields too, but people tend to set one metric, one gauge, if you will, on the dashboard that determines the level of success. It's how many people. How's church doing? Oh, it's great. We've got 300. Oh, really? We've got a thousand. Huh? How's church doing? Oh, not so good. We only had 280. How's church doing? Oh, it's good. We had five new families. Can you see what I'm saying? People want to know how it's going, and the first thing they point to is the numbers that are there. Sadly, most of the time what they're pointing to is the numbers that aren't there. I remember the first time we ever met in this room. What day was that? That was in September of 20. October 2019, I think it was. I don't know if there's anybody in here today that was a part of that service that that day. I see some hands. This room didn't look like this, I'll tell you that. Concrete floors, no platform, no sound, no paint, no nothing, no lights. We got in here, and there was, I think, 350-ish people from the community. Absolutely bowled me over. I mean, I got up in front of everybody that night and I said, what are y'all doing here? (laughs) It was a really special night. I remember coming in and we had no parking lot, just nothing but dirt out there. And there was a line of cars to get in here. It was packed in the parking lot. I've got a great picture of it, too. There were two rainbows right over the church building. It was awesome. But I was so excited, I guess. There's so many people. It seemed like a lot to me. But I walked out that night, and as I got home, and the next day, the Lord began talking to me. He said, get a hold of this. You are not to be enamored by numbers either way. Do not get enamored by numbers either way. What's that mean? Don't get all big and puffy when there's a room full, and don't get depressed when there's not. I was even on the phone with somebody this week who's asking me, Hey, how many people you got coming? And I could say to them in all honesty, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't. I made the decision. I'm not going to ask. Now our ushers make account. They keep record of attendance and all that, but I'm not doing that thing, church. I'm not doing that thing where two feet off the platform, I say, how many were here and what was the offering? Uh I'm not doing that. I'm not getting enamored with numbers. Who's here and who's not here is between them and their God. But I'm not going to get enamored with it. I've got some things in my heart. Like we've already said, and we've already prayed. I believe this place is supposed to be full and overflowing. Glory to God. Well, what if it's not? What if it's not? I'll preach to you like there's 10,000 of you in here. Amen. Here's what I'm trying to say to you. That scripture said we are supposed to be many members, yet one body. Now that whole passage that we read is major revelation. And what the Spirit of God was saying through Paul was that the body of Christ is just like the human body. And the same way that this human body that every one of us have is made up of many members, it's still just one body. And that's what the body of Christ is supposed to be. And that's what this local body is supposed to be. Many members, yes, but one body. And if all we ever do is think about numbers and look at numbers and focus on numbers and rise and fall emotionally with the rise and fall of the numbers, that's not the right way to think. Let's say... 500 people came on a Sunday morning. Let's say we were full and we were overflowing down the hall and into every other room. Well, what good is that? Let me say it to you like this. What good is a bunch of members if they're not a body? Having 500, having a thousand. That's like being all excited about a room full of body parts. What good is a room full of body parts? If the parts aren't connected, if the parts aren't connected, making up one body, who cares how many members? Come on, are you hearing me this morning? Who cares how many members unless they're a body? Unless they're a body. So we could have 50 people in here. Well, it doesn't sound like a lot. Yeah, but are they a body? If they're acting like a body, if they're functioning like a body, glory to God, they're getting something done. On the other hand, we could have 5,000, but if it's nothing but a room full of body parts, you got arms over there and legs over there and and I'm not trying to be too graphic here, but what good? What good is 1,000? What good is 5,000 if they're not a body? What are we supposed to be in 2023? Many members one body. This is where we're headed. When we talk about the growth of a church, you can bring it right back to what the scripture said. It's just like the growth of a body. And I know I've been through this before. I know many of you have as well. You look in the mirror, there's something you don't like. And I've done this before. I thought, and, and even recently I'm done being weak. I want to be stronger. I'm ready to fill out. You know what I mean? I'm ready to put some muscle on this, body. I'm ready for this body to grow. Is what I'm saying. I'm ready for another arm. You know what I need? I need, t- if I just had two more arms, if I just had two more arms, another leg and like five more ears. Oh, I, I'd be so content. Is that, is that what it means for a body to grow? You need more parts. No you need the parts you have to grow. That's the growth of a body. Are there? Should there? Will there be more members? Yes, there will be. We've called them in. We're believing God for them. But what we're even more focused on are the parts we got the members we've got and seeing them grow, seeing them enlarge and expand. Amen. We're just like a body. So this is, this is just the taste of where we're headed in the next few weeks and over the course of this year. We are going to be many members, but one body. How, how does a body function? I know as I press deeper into my 40s, I'm more and more thankful every day for a body that's working, for a body that's functioning. Well, what makes for a functioning body? It's not just that you have the parts. It's not just that you have the members. It's that the members are where they're supposed to be. That's what makes this body function. Having a hand is a great thing. But you know what? If this hand was coming out of my hip, I can't say that I think it would be doing that much for me. What makes for a functioning body is not just a bunch of body parts. It's not just many members. It's the members being in the location, being in the place they're supposed to be. The reason this hand is effective is because it's exactly where it's supposed to be. The reason this arm is effective, the reason these legs are operational and working and are doing me good is because they're where they're supposed to be. And there are so many people, we have an epidemic of this. People in the church, out of the church, crying, begging God for answers. What's my purpose? What's the purpose of my life? What am I here for? Huh? What's all this about? What's my, you ever hear this question? What's my place? People ask it like this, what's my place in this world? But if you're smart, you won't ask it like that. You'll ask it like this. What's my place in this body? People are trying to figure out what it is they're supposed to do. But really what you and I need to be serious about finding out in 2023 is not first and foremost, what am I supposed to do? It's where am I supposed to be? Because if you'll find out where you're supposed to be, the location will reveal to you your purpose. My hand does not have to wonder what its function is. It's so great at getting things that are over there. But what revealed the purpose to it? It's location. Because it is where it is, it reveals to it, this is what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be reaching out and grabbing stuff. You're supposed to be holding on to things. The location of the part reveals to the part the purpose of the part. Amen. Amen. This is a part of being one body. Finding out where your place is in the body. Now, you say this, and I can almost hear people's thoughts. The immediate thing is, well, I think my place is here. Well, I think my place is there. And we've even experienced it just in the last couple of years in church where you, you need somebody to do this or serve there or fulfill this role. And they say, no, that's my spot. That's my place. That's where I want to be. But did you hear what this scripture said? Go back and look at it. First Corinthians chapter 12. Look at it one more time. Verse 15. He said, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body. He asked this question. Is it therefore not of the body? What's he saying? Does the part get to decide? Does the part get to look at another part and say, I'd rather be that part. And if I don't get to be that part, I'm not part of the body. No, the part does not get to decide. The part does not get to place itself. Come on. Are you listening this morning? There's not one part of your body that could wish it was another part of your body And because you don't make it that part of the body, there's not one part of your body that says, that's it, I'm out of here. I'm done. I'm done being a part of this body. I'm gone. What's he saying? No, it's still part of the body. The part doesn't get to decide. He said, the foot, verse 15, one more time, the foot, if it should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Verse 16, if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? That's not how it works. It's not how it works. The part does not get to place itself. He goes on to say in verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, first of all, (laughs) ooh, weird, right? (laughs) If the whole body were an eye, aren't you thankful that you, forget church for a second, let's talk about you. Aren't you thankful that you are many members, not just one? If the whole body were an eye, the eye has got to be one of the smaller parts. And it's amazing to me how many times things find their way into it. If this whole body were an eye, all day, every day. You'd be getting poked and you'd be crying. I mean, it'd be miserable if the whole body were an eye. Somebody say, thank God. Thank God I'm many members. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? Verse 18, this is what you need to know. Now God has set the members, each one of them in the body Just as He pleased. You want to know why your hand is where it is? Well, the evolution of mankind dictated and demanded that the hand... No. You want to know why this is where it is? You want to know why it's located right there? I swear it pleased God to put it. I swear it pleased Him. You want to know why the feet? And the toes are where they are and they're not somewhere else. Thank God. It pleased Him to put them right there. Every part of you, from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, it is where it is because it pleased God to put it there. God did not have a conversation with the foot. Where would you like to be, foot? God did not have conversations with the eyes, the ears, the nose and say, hey, where would you like to go? I'll put you anywhere you want to go. No. He put the part where it pleased him. This needs to be our prayer for 2023. Lord, put me where it pleases you. And there's a temptation to see another part of the body and think mm, I want to be that part. I, I, no, that. No, that's my. Oh, wait. Well, that's my part. Oh, wait, no, not that part. That's my part. It's not how it works. The part doesn't decide where it goes. The part finds out where it pleases God to put it. And just the way it pleased God to put the hand here, the fingers there, the leg, the foot, the arms, the shoulders, the neck, the eyes, the ears, every part of you is put there because it pleased God. There is a place for you in the kingdom of God where it pleases him for you to be. So we're not going, God, what am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to be doing? What's my, what's my function? What are we saying? Where do you want me? And if you'll find out the place, you'll find out the grace. In other words, if you'll find out the place in the body that it pleases him to put you, you, just by being in that place, will find out so much about what it is you're supposed to be doing. Your grace is where your place is. Your grace is where your place is. So how do we function Many members, yet one body. Number one, we find out where our place is. That's got to be first. This is what I want you after this year, church. I want you coming to church with this on your mind. I want you living all day, every day, throughout your week with this on your mind. Lord, where have you placed me in the body of Christ? And this thought hit me so strong yesterday. And I'm going to say it to you and you're going to think, yeah, duh but I I hope that it somehow hits you with the same strength that it hit me. I am a part of the body of Christ. Yeah, I can tell it doesn't yet. (laughs) You're like, yeah, I know. But listen, I, you are a part of the body of Christ. And you've been put in that body in a place where it pleases God. And he goes on in the same passage to say, one part can't say to another part, I have no need of you. He even said the head can't say to the feet, I have no need of you. Jesus is the head of this body. And he does not say to any part in his body, I have no need of you. Jesus needs Every part of his body the same way you and I need every part of our body. Oh, sure. We're fully aware of our great need and dependence for him. But I don't think we think near enough about his need for us. He needs me. Hmm. He needs me. I'm a part of his body. Say it. I'm a part of his body. He needs me. But where does he need you? See, that's what you got to find out. Lord, where does it please you to put me? And I want to say this to you and I'll be done. To function as a body, and this is what we're going to see in other scriptures as we continue to look into this. The book of Ephesians says that the body will grow through what every joint supplies. For us to function as a body, again, we can't just be a room full of parts. The parts have got to be joined. This hand, as much as I appreciate it, as as capable as it is, and depend upon them, both of them every day, they are nothing if they're not joined. If they're not joined at the wrist to my arm, and if this forearm's not joined at the elbow, and if this doesn't make a joint at my shoulder, and if it doesn't join to my head and down my spine, No part is any good to me disjointed. And this is what we've got an epidemic of in the body of Christ right now. A bunch of disjointed parts. A bunch of parts that are out of their joint. And we'll talk to you more about this week, but this is just food for thought. When a a bone or, or a part is out of joint, I mean, you take just the little finger. But when it's out of joint, so much happens. Have you ever noticed this, that you, th- the smallest of your parts, you could hurt them. And when you do, every other part turns its attention right there. If you don't know what I'm talking about, sometime in the middle of the night, tomorrow morning, while all the lights are out, go walking towards the bathroom and see if that little toe doesn't catch Just the corner, I don't know, of a a chair leg. If you've done that before, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The attention of every other part goes to that one. When a part is out of joint, there's so many effects that reverberate throughout the body. And what I want us to do this year is to find our place, find where we're supposed to be joined... And make sure that we don't let anything disjoin us. Amen. Amen. What are we? Many members, one body. Would you stand up with me this morning?: Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you need someone to pray with you, there are several ways for you to contact us. Feel free to give us a call at 817. 817- 577-0180. You can also contact us through the Legacy Studios app or either of our websites. Giving options are available online at pearsonsministries.com and legacychurch.family. If you prefer, you can also text an offering. Simply text LEGACY and any dollar amount to the number 28950 and follow the prompts. Be blessed today. We love you. And remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.